This has been a year of counting. We counted the 49 days of the Omer together, week by week, in this Zoom room, running from Pesach to Shavuot. We counted the days of the shelter-in-place, scheduled to be about 27 days. We are now on day 115 and are trying to slow our breath and heartbeats and expectations in order to manage more such days. May they be safe and healthy ones, a time of endurance and quiet sanctity. And there's more counting ahead. Because yesterday we entered a season known in the Jewish world as Ben Hamitzarim, the Narrows. This is a 22-day period that takes us to Tisha B'Av, the day that marks the destruction of the capital T Temple in Jerusalem 2,600 years ago. The catastrophe of back then wasn't sudden and instant. It was a war, and Babylonia had laid siege to Jerusalem. Yesterday, the 17th of Tammuz, was the day when the walls were breached. And so this is a period of time that has some quality of mourning to it. Not big or ostentatious, no hired mourners, just a kind of cloud hanging in the sky, kind of like what we've been feeling sheltering in place, a subtle, low-key grief, a sense that we have to strain a little harder to see the divine. 22 days in the Narrows, starting yesterday. These 22 days are the headwaters of the stream of time that flows not only through Tisha B'Av, but on for another 49 days to Rosh Hashanah. That is a piece of the stream where we will count the Omer backwards. And then the river rushes through the gates of the 10 days of awe, welling up high at Yom Kippur, but not stopping even then, carrying us instead into Sukkot, where we at last climb to shore for a time, build our hut, and pray for rain. The current of this calendar of ours is constant, irresistible. Stick a toe in now, and maybe you will keep your bearings. But the water and the experience get deeper and deeper. They take us through gates of heartbreak and then of hope, of shattering and reassembly. They bring us through pools of introspection and renewal. Step in now, in the narrows, and perhaps you won't be swept away. But then again, you might. And either way, there's no telling where you'll end up. We keep count of our days in Judaism. It is what we do. Six and then one. Six and then one. I think Shabbat has provided more rhythm for all of us here since sheltering in place than it has maybe ever. Six days and then one. There is no seven-day cycle in the natural world, nothing that makes Friday night ontologically different from Thursday night. But we know the difference, the shaking off of the hard week, the letting go of some of the burdens of commodity time, the bracketing of the unfinished business, and the promise to meet up with it again around the bend next week. 
And Shabbat is not just a letting go, it is a vessel in its own right to hold our yearning and our gratitude. A day for prayer, learning, food, family, a taste of a world that could be. A day of rest, yes, but not empty rest, full rest. Rest that is enriching, deepening, and a source of delight. We are also counting days in sad anticipation of Atsila's move to Tucson. We will still see her, but it won't be the same on Zoom. It's already not the same on Zoom with our inability to sing together, to sing in harmony and feel other voices in an actual room. And saying farewell for now to Messengers of Peace chant circle that has been happening on the second Friday of the month for over eight years now. And so tonight is a good night to honor what this offering has meant to us. The Jewish musical tradition is ancient and varied. I spent this last week taking an intensive class on medieval piyutim, prayer poems. This is, as many of you know, my happy place. Complicated medieval Hebrew with clever rhymes, references, and wordplay, embodying intense mystical impulses, and pouring forth a deep love of God. These poems are often many, many lines long, 22 lines, 44 lines, who knows? Some written in Sfarad, that is medieval Spain, some in Ashkenaz, that is medieval Germany, and some in Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. These poems married to melodies from Iraq, sung in quarter tones that I am working very hard to be able to hear. And from Turkey, Yemen, Ukraine, Israel, and New York. Some piyutim are used so frequently in synagogue life that you know them and might not think about their mystical or even their erotic content. For instance, Lecha dodi likrat kala shabbat nikabila Lecha dodi likrat kala shabbat nikabila Or Yedid nefesh Av harachaman mishochavdecha el ritzonecha. And you might know those two by different melodies, many, many different melodies. And in the class, we explored also some lesser-known pew team, including ones that Ner Shalomers actually know. For instance, Ye'idun, yagidun, kulam ke'echad, Adonai echad, u'shemo echad. And, ha'aderat ve'ha'emunah le'chayolamim, ha'binah ve'haberachah le'chayolamim. And some Pew team that I am reasonably sure that neither you nor I had ever heard of, some of which might still surface here, for instance, on Yom Kippur. 
These long, complicated songs are masterworks. They function as ladders climbing heavenward. Each verse takes you a step higher and then higher again, climbing a lattice of letters and notes printed in the sidur from the top of the page to the bottom, but sung as a step-by-step vertical ascent. These are often challenging, though. For non-Hebrew speakers, they can be a nightmare of consonants, and nothing about the deep content would be obvious. Chant, however, functions very differently in our tradition, in our souls, and in our bodies. In our wordless nigunim, whose genre is the legacy of the Hasidic movement, and in the many chants written by Rabbi Shefa Gold and others following her example, including Atzila, we let go of showy wordplay entirely in favor of just a few words of Torah. We breathe deep and we settle in. A chant by Rabbi Shefa has probably no more than eight Hebrew words, and likely only four. And of course, a nigun has none at all. That alone gets us past the initial Hebrew hurdle. But then there is the special medicine that each chant offers. These are not pop songs meant to entertain. They are a practice meant to bring us deeper into connection with our own souls, greater alignment with our hearts. They allow us to take journeys of gratitude or tears or love. The short sacred phrase is repeated like a mantra, and the journey the chant takes you on is different for everyone. You're never certain exactly where it will bring you, to a place of brokenness or of healing, of delight or playfulness. Definitely to a place of breath, a place of the body and soul recalibrating through sound. These chants are not songs with lyrics. They are a spiritual technology. This is why it's important to sing a chant or a nigun for a considerable period of time, longer than a top 10 song would play on the radio. Because you need the time. You need to hear it, learn it, let go of worrying about words, get past the awkwardness of when will this end, and then let yourself journey. You might end up in a deep internal place or in the sturdy embrace of the divine. Or you might, in fact, end up up there, floating Chagall-like in the sky with the folks who just sang 22 lines of ha ha Anything could happen. This is the practice that Atsila, with her training and her healing instincts, brought to Ner Shalom and which so many of us have been blessed with. These chants have, over and over, for eight years or 100 months, carried our prayers to the ears of the divine, which are actually located right here. And so tonight, 
to honor this gift and to celebrate the many years of messengers of peace at Ner Shalom, we will lean into chant. We won't be doing so many, but we will hold each of them for a while, as is their due and as is needed. And we'll remember that at the end of each chant, we will hold the silence because, as I've learned from Atsila and have felt in real life, the work of the chant continues and grows after the last note. That is when we integrate the experience and absorb the medicine. So tonight will be a night of chant and silence and a few words, a night of inviting Shabbat in, not from some distant horizon, not through a door at the back of the room, but from deep inside, drawn forth by our voices and the resonating chambers of our hearts, riding a carrier wave, a chariot of song.